0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Redskins Addicts fans. It's your host, Rod. We are back with episode 22, Curtis Jordan. Uh, so a player from the early 80s. I'm going to let Phil roll into uh, what Curtis Jordan did for our franchise and who he is. So Phil, go ahead, brother.
1: All right. Curtis Jordan's probably the most notable number two in terms of his career with the with the Washington Redskins, as they were at the time. Um, he was a member of the Pearl Harbor crew. He was uh a nickel safety, nickel corner for Gibbs in the eighty-two championship season, the strike shortened season. And he was a starter from eighty-three through eighty-six when he retired, uh, playing alongside the likes of Daryl Green, um, uh and and Anthony Washington, and later on guys like Alvin Jordan Alvin Walton. So Curtis Jordan was uh, you know he played on some championship defenses and you know probably had the most notable career of anybody who wore number 22.
0: good stuff. Although man. we have a
1: number of them, we had to we had to, we had to pick on this one. There were there are a few to choose from. You, know, you got Carlos Rogers, yeah, Mike I'll Thomas be... if you were a fan in the 70s, guys like that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say uh you know rogers mr stonehands got good with the 49ers but uh I, I like what you said phil at least bring it back a little bit nostalgia for the uh the older fans i was born in 1981 so i did not know who curtis jordan was i had to google him um so uh, Same here. yeah it's it's cool it's cool to i was born back. in 83 but
1: as i told these guys i'm that guy who's watched way too many nfl films docs and and season retrospectives and things like that so
0: yeah that's no. me no, I completely understand. All right, fellas, so we are back with the pregame pod, like I said earlier. So we are facing the Baltimore Ravens, our pseudo-rival from north of D.C. Uh, some, call it a, some people call it a rivalry. I don't really see it as a rivalry, but um, the DMV will at least be talking some trash this weekend. Uh, so the first topic we're going to roll into is how do we match up? With the Baltimore Ravens So we just saw them lose on Monday To the Kansas City Chiefs Um, It seems like Lamar Jackson can't get past Kansas City for right now But I think they limit him to about 97 yards Passing Um, I'm not sure exactly what he had on the ground But he looked pretty muted He did not look like his normal self So when we look at our our roster Our injuries Our play through the previous uh, three weeks Steve How do we match up with the Baltimore Ravens um,
2: I don't think it's that that good. Be honest with you, they're uh with all of our injuries on our offense. or me, our defensive line with Matt Nighteyes out, Chase Young not being there, so that puts I'm guessing Kerrigan across some sweat, and then we have Ryan Anderson backing those guys up. So we're I don't even know who the other backup.
0: Nate uh, Orchard.
2: I think they, that's right. They just up. they just called them up. That's right. Yep. So, defensively. This could be the Kyler Murray version—a game again, like we had trouble uh, containing Kyler Murray, which was a little bit rough. Yeah, but Lamar can also throw, so it, it will be interesting to see how how we how we match up against them. They're, I mean, their receivers—they're they're pretty good. I mean, Marquise Brown—he's he's definitely their their number one receiver, and then a guy named Mark Andrews—he's their tight end, I believe uh he's he's their number two with 17 catches so they don't have a whole lot of at least this year no one's really breaking out but they have that dual threat lamar mark ingram and, and then jk dobbins he hasn't really gotten that much you know burn at running back but and gus edwards edwards is backing at mark ingram so i think it's gonna be tough on defense on offense <laughs> It remains to be seen, right? We don't know what team we're going to get on offense. We really don't. Yeah. So it would just be nice to see us run it down their throat, run off the play action, and let Dwayne sling it. Uh, But if they keep trying to make him be like an Aaron Rodgers and throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, I just don't know how successful it's going to be.
0: No, I I agree with you, man. Uh, Phil, how how are you seeing it? Well, I think that we've had –
1: an opportunity to learn from our previous three games because we've seen something similar to a Lamar Jackson in Kyler Murray. You can use that game tape. Say, okay, this is what we did wrong. This is what he does similar to Lamar. This is how we can stop it this time. You know, obviously we're not as talented as the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have given, they've given the league a blueprint. This is where, Baltimore is weak. Now, you can't necessarily do the exact same things because you don't have that talent, but you know where their weaknesses lie. You can find ways to attack that uh, on on offense. On defense, like I said, the Kyler Murray thing really, I think, gave us a preview of what we should not do as far as handling Lamar Jackson. I really – the thing is that – I was rather impressed with our defensive back or our defensive backfield against Cleveland's receivers. And I don't necessarily think that Baltimore's receivers are to the same caliber of talent. So I think the biggest question is, can we stop their run game, both with Lamar and with their running backs? And if we can, I think we have a good chance of winning. I'm not so Lamar can throw the ball, but I'm not, particularly impressed by his weapons I don't necessarily think they have such a standout receiving core that we just can't stop them if they run you know if if we stop the run they can throw it if they throw it we can't you know if we stop the, the passing game you know they'll just run it down our throats I don't I think we can make them one dimensional one way or another and I think that if we can bottle the run we can handle their pass now Mind you, I'm using these terms kind of loosely. I'm not saying we, oh, we've got the recipe to shut them down. They were shut down against the Chiefs and still scored 20 points. So, and, and you know, that was a competitive game, you know, going into the fourth quarter. You know, it looked like they got handled. They fought back. Says Baltimore team's talented, they're not going to quit on you. So, but I think that we've there's enough out there between our experience and game tape like what the Chiefs did that, you know, we might be able to make this at least a competitive game. And I think that we should be the fan base. The teams should go in there trying to win. The fan base should look at this from a competitiveness perspective.
0: Yeah, it's they're an interesting squad. Like you said, nothing – Nothing statistically jumps off the paper about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson, five touchdowns through three weeks, um, you know, at the 576 passing yards, there's zero interceptions. You you like that. You like a guy who's not going to turn a ball yeah. over for sure. Um, and for us, when I look at how we match up, Steve, you said it earlier, and I believe Phil, you might have alluded to as well. It's it's really looking at Arizona week two. Um we let Kyler Murray gash us for 67 yards on the ground, like two touchdowns, um, 286 yards in the air with a touchdown and an interception. Um, so as far as how I'm looking at us matching up with them, I think that we can keep it competitive if we keep him in the pocket. And that's really the, the, the key matchup for me is just not allowing Lamar Jackson to, to break containment and improvise um, because that's when he's going to really destroy you. Um, So if we can kind of keep them, keep them neutered, keep them quote, unquote, normal, I think we have a decent shot. Uh,
2: You know how we talked about previously, I think Eddie might've said it, how real good teams on defense, excuse me, have layered, good players layered effect, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. A so good player each level. Yep.
2: Correct. Baltimore is pretty close. So, so check this out. They have Calais Campbell on the defensive line Then they have Pernell McPhee, you know, in the linebacker position, who's really good. And they have two corners um, Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith, who are both pretty decent corners. And then I was reading up on this guy. I, I don't know much about him besides just reading on here, but Chuck Clark, apparently a pretty daggone good, strong safety, both in coverage and in stopping the run. So I don't know. It sounds like they have a pretty good, at least core group of defenders. So this should be a pretty good, good matchup. But if it's just Terry McLaurin versus everyone, then we're going to be in for a, a not fun Sunday.
0: Are you talking about, is that Pernell McPhee? Yes. McPhee, whatever from that played with us two years ago. I assume it has to be the same dude.
2: Yeah. It is.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah, that
2: he played in twenty eighteen. He's been around since twenty eleven. He spent most his first like four or five years in Baltimore. Then he went to somewhere in like the Chicago.
0: Midwest. Chicago. Came, okay. Then, Chicago. Then he,
2: then he came to us for what, a year? A year. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Yeah.
0: I'm looking at his numbers yeah. right now. It's thirteen games, no starts for us, you know, eleven tackles. That's just the Jay Gruden era though of, of not really yeah. evaluating talent. Uh, I'm not saying this guy's an all-pro or anything like that, but with you say, hey, he's he's a a really good contributor at each level, and he's a name that you mentioned that kind of hurts. It yeah, up. he's
2: the top-rated defender um, <laughs> according to Pro Football Focus on on the Ravens right now.
0: Really? With wow. Pre-
2: with uh, I'm sorry, number two right behind Calais Campbell. Sorry.
0: Wow. I mean, they're old. They're yeah. old, man. So I think I think if you establish the run, you have a chance. Yeah. Establish them run. Like they're they're old guys. Like they're gonna their stamina's gonna be a little bit less than the younger guys. So if you can pound it and get the old guys gassed a little bit, you got a chance, man. So Scott Turner, if you listen to the pod, I'm sure you don't, but if you ever do, run the damn ball this week, please. <laughs> we didn't we don't need our guy to throw eight hundred times, man. And it's He's not even getting that many passes off, but he's dropping back a lot. It's just it's stupidity for me. So, yeah. Yep. Keys to the game.
2: Go so, ahead, Phil. What are you going to say?
0: Yeah, go
1: ahead. Well, this is key to the game. Limiting Lamar Jackson on the ground. Um, he is by far their leading rusher. Yep. They average 166.3 yards per game on the ground. 60.7 of those Lamar Jackson. Yep. So literally, literally, without Lamar Jackson, they have the same rush offense we do. Mm. That that right there kind of kind of tells you where their commitment lies. Everything lies with the quarterback. Now, what I just said is not anything revolutionary. We all know that Baltimore's offense. You know, the alpha and the omega is Lamar Jackson. But you're not going to stop him. You, what you want to do is you want to mitigate big plays. You want to make sure that you, you know, clog any kind of run lanes when he drops back. Make sure you're setting the edge. Luckily, we have some defense, you know, defensive ends who are pretty good at that. Kerrigan's pretty good about kind of turning things inward. Uh, Ryan Anderson's great at setting the edge and, you know, if, uh, if Montez Sweat plays like he did against Cleveland, you know, he's going to force Lamar into doing things that he doesn't want to do. He's going to make him get out of his comfort zone. And I think discomfort for Lamar is probably the biggest thing. You're not going to put a hurting on this guy. He's not easy to bring down. He's not easy to catch. You want to make him uncomfortable. You want to just disrupt the normal flow of what he's doing. And that's where the key is. Now, they have other contributors, but... I think that the alpha and the omega for our defense is to stop their alpha and omega, which is Lamar Jackson. They are a one-man show this year. So make him uncomfortable. Take him out of what he likes to do. Force him to, to try to do something different. Force him to throw the ball in places he doesn't like throwing the ball. Force him to you know run in directions he doesn't pr- prefer to run in. Whether it's right, left, I haven't watched enough games to, to tell you what his tendencies are there, but that's the coach's job to figure out. So I think that's biggest key to the game is right there, the alpha and the, and, you know, the alpha and the omega. That's Lamar Jackson. Make him uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, Steve. What, what are your keys, man?
2: I mean, I I got to go with Phil. Like you have to limit Lamar Jackson on the ground. Uh, he's only passed the ball 77 times this year. That's not a lot. In retrospect, Dwayne has passed it 101 times. Now I will say DeMar, uh, Lamar is bloody accurate. He's throwing 69, completing 69% of his passes. So when he does pass, he's very accurate. But they are clearly a run first team. But I think if you get too sucked in on the run, he's going to kill you with his arm. As we saw last year, he he lit it up last year with his arm. So I do believe that stopping Lamar Jackson on the ground is the, is the key to this game. However, with uh, looking at the injury report, we're not going to have chase young. So Kerrigan's going to go full game. You know, he's been coming off the bench and as a spell relieving, uh, Chase and Montez, but he's going to get his start, which now I'm glad we do have this depth. I think we talked about this way earlier this season on the pod, as far as, you know, it's such a great problem to have. And clearly we're, <laughs> this is a great problem to have because of these injury issues right now. So I don't know. It's going to be important for John Allen and Deron Payne to step it up in the middle <clears> to stuff the run. And then who's backing those guys up? Tim settle.
0: Tim settle. Yeah,
2: man, that, that front four, oh my gosh. They, they gotta, they gotta do their job because I don't think the receivers are going to beat us unless they extend plays and get, you know, seven, eight seconds in the pocket. And then that's where we always fall apart. As far as, I mean, so that's one key to the game on offense. I think we got to establish the run. I just think we have to establish the run keep their offense off the field. Stop getting pretty. You don't have to keep passing. Clearly Dwayne's having some accuracy issues, which stops the clock it allows people to transition, allows subs. So just run the ball, stop Lamar. Those are, I think, keys to the game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree, man. So like, I look at us as far as our key, to the game offensively. Um, I want to establish the run, but I also want wide receiver number two to show up. Oh I yeah. Want someone to emerge. Um, look at the injury report. Steven Sims out with a, a toe injury, both Wednesday and Thursday, no practice at all. Um, LE said it a couple of times um but he seems to have lost a step uh this year. Yeah. Um but Isaiah Wright I thought I mean looking at the the Browns game I thought that he was pretty impressive uh with the limited uh limited snaps that he did get. Uh he made the most of of his moments on the field. Um you know it's it's kind of wishful thinking perhaps to say hey I want this undrafted free agent to step up but we got nobody. I mean we right. need to step up. And I think, I think that could be an issue as to why we can't run the ball as well because we have no one to throw the ball to.
2: It's true. You know, so who and, do you, who do you think might take the slot if Sims is out? I mean, it's tough.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but
2: do you remember? Did you see the one play where Ganny Golden got that jet sweep and just blasted Yeah, it was a 20 he, yard run. He got blown up at the end. Don't get me that wrong, was but...
0: weird. That that was weird the way he got hit. It's like he wasn't expecting it. Yes. Like he almost but, was running too fast to make a but,
2: move. But did you see his first step? Oh my gosh. Like I hadn't I don't think I've seen anyone with that sort of game speed on the team yet. No, year. and
0: it was it was extremely impressive, and I wasn't looking at him as a speedy guy. I always looked at him as a possession receiver. Um, so for him to take that jet sweep and take off like he did was was nice to watch. Just AJG, yeah. if, if you're listening, if you're watching, make some sort of move. <laughs> Don't get hit like that again.
2: I thought it was Sims at first, and then when <laughs> he got up, I'm like, oh wow, that was number ten. Damn, yeah, where,
0: where yeah. When I saw that,
1: when I saw a ten fly around, I went golden. Yeah. Like, hey literally
0: that's exactly what I did. I went,
2: he hit and on then my the next man. reaction was oh he
0: got hit Looked like a number 10 who used to get hit in DC yes.
2: yes 8 years ago
0: and you just cringe like good god no so yeah um yeah AGG man just get get down uh or you know make a move make a football and move
1: it's funny because I did say uh, we were talking about that remember we were talking about how he had pretty modest forty time at the combine and I said that from everything I saw, it seemed like that that translates to game speed. I see a lot of guys with a four two forty, but they run a four four or four five when they're in cleats and in pads. Yeah. He runs his speed. And I think we saw that. So since we need somebody to take the top off of the defense,
0: it's weird. Try like, it. Looking at him, he run he ran a four six, but he did not run a four six on that play. God no! <laughs> it's it's uh, I'm not dis I'm not saying this guy's Jerry Rice at all. But Jerry is the guy who's you. You go back and forth whether or not he ran the slow forty. He didn't. Um, but he always had really good game speed. He would get the ball in traffic and separate. Um, so yeah, I would love to see that. Uh, you know, keys to the game for me is is someone stepping up to take some pressure off at the wide receiver position, which I think will open up the game. So you got play action or you got, you know, just good passing opens a running game or good running opens the passing game as well. So you, you got to you gotta keep the defense off balance, I think, is what I'm really looking for.
1: And we've um, tried using passing to open a running game. So why not try using running exactly. game to open up the
0: passing game? Exactly. Try the something different. I'm, I'm,
1: loving, I'm, I'm really waiting to see if Isaiah Wright breaks out this game. It'll be, it'll be fun Sim? to see, man. With Sims injured, I – it's – and that's really what I'm looking forward to this whole season. Like, I know it was tantalizing because the whole division is crap and all things considered, we're still in first place at one and two. But the whole thing I've been excited about this, this season are all these new developing toys we get to play with as an offense. And I'd love to see us take more advantage of it because they're showing these little flashes
2: yep but then you get people not you get, you... using them
1: consistently i'm look and I sat here and dumped on antonio Gibson's credentials most of the most of the all season but he's earned the right to be given a chance to touch the ball between passes and rushes twenty two 25 times a game
0: yeah we need an x factor yes Steve what are you going to say brother
2: I actually forgot.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
2: no, because I just, Sam Darnold just went to the locker room. I went to check the score and I guess he's injured now. And they were up seven, they were up seven zero. And, and Brett Ripon starting at for the Broncos, he's four for four, 25 yards today. Oh, you boy. Know, I, 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 he was on the radar for us to be drafted, believe it or not, as a developmental quarterback. Really? Like yeah, pre combine, you know, like fourth, fifth round, they were talking about Brett ripping to the Redskins.
0: It's Mark's uh, but... nephew, right? Uh, yeah, yeah it's his yeah, nephew. It's nephew. nephew. Yep. Yeah, yeah. us make sure. Yeah. I, d- I know his daughter. He did have a kid. He,
1: that, he did have a qu- kid that was a quarterback,
0: though. Yeah, his daughter, hot <laughs> as hell. Yeah. <I>, uh... <laughs> All right, gents. Washington football team wins the game if. Oof. I'm going to say we control the time of possession And we do not turn the ball over um, Five times Now that's extremely naive And and, you know it's Of course you know Turnovers kill Um, But for me I think We win the game if we just We establish an identity who are we? Like I I keep asking that question week after week. Like, like, who are we? Are we the team from week one who's gonna pressure the quarterback, get eight sacks, you know, fly to the ball? Or are we the teams from week two and three that just we get shellacked, you know, to start the game, even even against the Eagles, we were down seventeen nothing. So it's we win if we we go up by two scores first. I mean, if we could get, you know, whether it's 10 points, six points, two field goals, I don't give a damn. Like, just play from ahead. You know, establish some sort of identity. Do not panic in the first quarter by being down 14 to nothing, you know, and just then you, you kind of a, a abandon your entire game plan and uh just start playing, like, off the hip. So I, I think we have to establish who we are and do not fall into a hole uh, extremely early.
2: Yeah, for me, I, th- I think it's a combination of that, and we need to continue to be good on third downs because we're not good. We're still sitting at 34%, which is it's not that good. So that in tandem, I think, with running the ball and controlling the clock, keeping their offense off the field, you know, keep their defense on the field, keep them tired, I think that's the key to the game, right there. Establish the run, milk the clock, keep their offense off the field. So to me, it, it comes down to establishing a run and, and time of possession. So,
0: yeah, I'm looking looking at the third down. We're thirtieth in the league in third down conversions. Baltimore's forty or nineteenth at forty one percent. They're not that good so either. They're but. not that good either, and that's that that's a key. Like who who's going to win that? Like who who wins the battle of third down? you know that that is a key for me like that that's how we can win the game if we get them off the field the more you keep lamar jackson on the field the worse your winning outcome percentage you know is for me
1: yep i got a slightly different one on this washington football team wins if we are absolutely aggressive on all sides of the ball we need to Attack Lamar Jackson violently. I want hitting. I want blitzing. They gotta be smart, but you gotta be aggressive. You gotta come after them. You gotta force the. You gotta force the play on their end. You got to force them to react to what you're doing instead of playing a defense that reacts to what they're doing. And that is often what teams do against a guy like Lamar Jackson to their detriment. Kansas City was pretty aggressive. They were definitely spending time in Lamar Jackson's face. Look what happened. And I think our defense needs to do that. Same with the offense. We don't run block that badly. As much as I crap on this offensive line, it's for pass blocking. It's not for run blocking. Very true. Yep. Run the ball. Physical, get in there. I don't care if we have to load up with two tight ends, three tight ends. Slide someone back. There's an H back as a you know as a as a fullback kind of blocker, an H back, but you know whatever you want to call it. Throw some meat on that line and just start hitting people up front. Wear down their front seven. It's only going to open things up down the field. And that aggression does translate to the passing game. When we do pass, it can't just all be. You know, the same dink and dunk stuff. Dwayne wants to take chances. He forced some balls last week, but it's because he wanted to take those chances. And those chances aren't being given to him that often with the play calling. So let's get a little aggressive.
0: Right right
1: now, what we have to lose, we're expected to lose this game. We're expected to get blown out. So, why not take your chances? Now is the time to do it. Show us that you are more than what you have been. I'm with you. You're everything that you wanted to be.
0: I'm with you. I I want
1: Tressway punting aggressively. (laughs) (laughs) I want Dustin Hopkins sending kickoffs
0: into the sixth row. (laughs) He will. He will. I know Tress Wade will be active. I, I well, I hope he's not active. I, I won't say that, but uh, if he, if he's on the field, he he'll will be aggressive. That's one bright spot we do have is our punter. Unfortunately, so my predictions, boys, as we kind of line this one down, I do think Phil that we are going to get our ass blown out. Um, I just have no faith in this team yet, and it's, it's a weird feeling like years past. I'd be completely belligerent and, you know, just pissed off, uncontrollably mad. Um, now it's beautiful. Like, yeah. We lose and it's, it's sadly, there's no real emotion. I get more emotional at the fans, like, you know, the, the, the discussion about benching the quarterback or, you know, the back and forth from Ron Rivera, like that, those are the things that piss me off now. But I think it's because I'm, I'm content with them truly rebuilding. Um, now if we can stay competitive, uh, the entire game, that's a win for me. Um, cause like you said, we are expected to lose. Um, so if we lose close, maybe that would piss me off, um, because it will be unexpected. And then I'm mad that, damn, we could have won. Um, if we get blown out, I'll probably be numb to it. I probably won't give a damn, um, which is sad. Um, but maybe that means that we're trending in the right direction as, as far as where the, the fan psyche needs to be, where, where my psyche is, is to say, hey, we're not a good team. Um, we're not expected to be a good team. We just came off a 3-13 and campaign. The worst of first um, turnarounds in the league do happen, but they are rare. Um, and I just don't see this team being at that stage yet. So my final score prediction, I'm going to say Ravens 27, uh, Redskins 10. Um, I hope it's not that bad. I hope that it's uh, a much better game. Is the game in FedEx? It is. It is. It is. Home field doesn't really matter this year, twenty twenty COVID. But um, yeah. you know, m- maybe just the getting your mindset into, hey, we're playing a home game. Uh, maybe the, the players are able to will themselves into a closer game, and, and maybe that happens for them. But uh, right now, I just I don't see it. Uh, Phil, how how do you feel? What are your final predictions?
1: It's hard because, like, I'm more juggling what I think the Ravens for than us. Um, ever since the initial rumblings about the quarterback come Monday and Tuesday, everything's been awful quiet, and that's a good thing. Um, the only news that came out was the news today that Rons had a little bit of a reaction to chemo treatment, so we had to leave practice early today. But he still plans on being there Sunday. Um, Whether he is or he isn't, I don't think much changes with the game plan because, you know, I think Del Rio pretty much still runs the defense. Turner runs the offense. You know, it's not much changes. Um, But I think this game's going to be more competitive than – you one would think. I think we lose in the end. I'm going to say 33 to 24 we lose. We'll lose by nine. Technically two scores, but we're within 10 points. And I think that that the Ravens will break it open late with a score to, to make that margin. I think it'll be competitive. Um, I, I just got this feeling. It's like something's got to break open because we, we even though even when we're not playing well, it's always like we're almost there. Just a touch off on this pass, or just one block away here. It's always like just inches. And I feel like at some point it's got to start breaking open in our direction. And I just have this feeling that this week you're going to see some of that. I said like we may we'll still lose because Baltimore's a better team. But thirty-three, 24, I'm comfortable with that.
0: I could live with that. Steve, uh, how you feeling, man? What are your score predictions?
2: Breaking news. <laughs> Joe Flacco Uh-oh. is now in the game for the Jets. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, my score prediction. So Baltimore is fourth in the league in points scored at 91. And they're third in in the league at points allowed at 56. I didn't realize that they are so good at not scoring, not allowing teams to score. So I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be, I'm not going to say a blowout, but I'm going 31-17. And I think we'll be in the same boat we are next week that we are this week as far as questions, as far as the future, as far as I don't think anything will change by next week. So I'm going... 31-17, 31-17, Baltimore Ravens with the victory. And this just back in, Joe Flacco is now out of the game and Sam Darnold is back in the game. So.
1: <laughs> Those of you who are hiding Flacco on your fantasy bench.
2: <laughs> <too bad. laughs> but Ripon just went down and led him to a touchdown So on the Broncos. So very interesting.
0: Two young quarterbacks in Denver, you know. I mean, I think Drew Locke has it locked down, but you never know. You never know. Sometimes people get hurt. Someone comes in and, and does well. And I mean they're both uh they're both 0 and 3 as well. So uh somebody's gonna get a victory this week. Uh is Rippon gonna deliver a victory for the Broncos? How interesting would that be? Wow. Yeah, so shout outs, boys. Before we uh sign off the pod, I'm gonna give a shout out to Ellie, who does not join us on Thursdays. He's also Diddy he like. He's probably on his 56 pod. Um, I think we said that off the stream last time. But Ellie, we know what you're doing. You're recording your own podcast. It's cool. We still love you though. And uh, Dev, uh, miss you man. Miss your crazy, uh, your crazy outburst during the pod. As we watch you uh, score 56 unanswered points in Madden 21 during the live stream. So uh, yeah, miss you man. When you listen to us, uh, hopefully this makes you smile, man. Uh, shout outs for you guys Anyone jumping off your tongue? Yeah I got um, Manuel
2: Tacuba Yep, that's what I was going to say
1: Okay <laughs> <laughs> Man Back row Redskins show You know Yeah, he always comes with some decent takes And he's a pretty pretty reasonable guy to listen to um, You know Cody Jones has just been the, One of the guys Killing in the group. it always coming up with stuff always creating content discussion things like that don't always agree with him but he's will that's another thing i like about him even if i disagree with him you know he's willing to engage in a conversation not merely just you know say oh you're jocking this dude or some you know pointless stuff like that
0: yeah i told cody we're gonna get him on one of the pods that he lives um in montana so uh there's not a lot of Jesus. Redskins fans, Washington football teams over there. I'm not sure if he's from Montana um, or not, but uh, I was talking to him on one of the posts. I said, "Hey, I, I've got to invite you on one of these shows." So uh, um, maybe next week. I'm I'm traveling for work. Um, I'm not sure what my schedule is going to be. I know I'm working 12 hour plus shifts, 35, 40 minutes back and forth to the hotel once I'm done. So if I can make. Uh, both Mondays and Thursdays um, pods, maybe Thursday, we can have Cody on and I'll, I'll chat with them to see if we can uh, pull them in the chat with us, man. But it's, it's cool, man. All the guys, you know, we, we give shout outs to, you know, a couple names that we see pop up in the group. Um, so anyone listening, we talk, you see me, I'm the guy behind the Redskins addicts on Twitter um, so <gasps> that handle. That's no. me. Um, but then Redskins addicts as a group obviously above to my side, however, this pod video pod translates, uh, Phil, uh, Steve, Ellie, Dev, you know, in 4,600 of us, um, we active on the Facebook group. Um, so we see the, the members on Facebook and when we give the shout outs and do drop names, that's where the names are coming from. But, um, our game day threads are legit. I think we had like 700 something comments, um, you know, on, on Sunday, that was by far, it was a shitty outcome, but it was a really great thread to read. And I I mean, I'd watched the game late. I went in after and read some of the comments. There's a lot of knowledgeable fans. Um, That's one thing we do take pride in at Redskins Addicts is uh, it's quality over quantity. So 4,600, you may look at some other Redskins groups with, you know, thousands more. Um, But I think you get really quality content within Redskins Addicts. So, anyone if we we're dropping your name or not if you're part of the group if you follow on twitter uh you like the page on facebook um, we appreciate you you are uh definitely uh definitely good interaction for the you know myself and the, the other admins and hosts so uh appreciate everyone if you've, out there. Uh,
1: if you've uh you know if you come across us by other means you know youtube searches spotify oh, yeah.
0: recommendations whatever <laughs> the case may be yeah, look us up on Facebook. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, and I I I do link so anyone yeah <laughs> if you are listening to us um on Spotify or or Apple Podcasts whatever, the link to the group is part of the um the podcast description so it, you should have no problem copying and pasting and finding us uh, and yeah please come in. Sometimes we talk shit. Sometimes it gets a little bit uh combative, um, but ultimately it is a really really good time. Um, Phil is sort of pointing to himself right now so uh i'm not sure if, if phil is public up. No, I'm just number I'm one. scratching my scratching beard be okay. quiet because I'm
1: <laughs> I'm king shit talker over here so yes.
0: yes he is. Phil Phil is the verbal assassin in the group. Um I think we all have sharp tongues if necessary but uh Phil snipes uh, pretty regularly. Um, <laughs> but you know it's it's uh, for the most part it's it's all in, in good humor, good fun. Um I think some people at times take it too personal and that's when we, you know, say, say love me. But gentlemen, it's, uh, it's been a good pod. I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday. I hope that I am back in my hotel room um, to watch it. I don't believe I will be unfortunately, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's a good outcome. You know, I'll catch you guys, um, you know, on Monday, which means if you're in the group, don't spoil it for Rod. Please don't don't, don't, don't tag me and tell me that Haskins played good, he played bad. Like <laughs> you guys did that to me on Sunday and it, it freaking sucked. I if you're a Skins fan and you tag me excitedly to say that our quarterback had a shitty game, I question if you're truly a Skins fan. Um <laughs> just come on, man. Like I want I want anyone rocking Burgundy a goal to have a great, great Game, great career. Like, it, yeah, just you, you never like to see young quarterbacks struggle and then people excitedly tag you and say, hey, they suck. And then the game is ruined for you. So, uh, yeah, man. But like I said, boys, I will see you Sunday. Until then, be safe. Peace. Peace out. Hail. Peace. Hail. Hail.